We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Raptors Nation? Welcome back into the Raptors Nation podcast hosted by yours truly. Hope you're all doing well. For those of you who maybe are wrestling fans, I'm wearing my vintage Chris Jericho Drink It In Man shirt for today's episode. But I thought for this one, I would take a look at some of my early takeaways from the Toronto Raptors through their first 11 games. The Raptors right now are 5-6. and six before their first in-season tournament game, which is going to take place on Friday night against the Boston Celtics. So we are going to dive right into it. Before we do just that, do me a solid. Hit a like on the video if you are watching the pod over here on YouTube. And please subscribe to the channel for all things Raptors content over here on the Raptors Nation YouTube channel. Trying to hit 1K subs. So if you guys can help us hit that, that would be greatly appreciated. Also, leave us a five-star review wherever you get this on your podcast feeds. You can find this podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Blue Wire. So, yeah, like I said, we are going to dive into this, and I'm going to give you my early season takeaways from the Raptors. Obviously, guys, it's been a season of ups and downs. Record resembles that. Raptors, five wins, two of which were epic, wild comebacks. And uh, the Raptors have also suffered some pretty bad defeats. So it's kind of been that type of season where the Raptors have had their moments, but they've also looked pretty bad in other moments as well. We are actually going to begin with a positive as one of my first five early season takeaways. And that is Dennis Schroeder has been a solid replacement for Van Vliet. And, you know, a lot of the talk was about how the Toronto Raptors were going to look to begin the season without Fred Van Vliet. Obviously, they were going to be losing his shooting ability, his playmaking ability, Fred Van Vliet being the floor general that he was. You know, instant scoring, of course, he provided for the Raptors. I mean, there were so many games last season where Van Vliet effectively took over, and that three-point shooting in particular, that was something that, was probably going to be severely missed with Van Vliet's departure. Van Vliet goes to Houston. Raptors act on their heels. They bring in Dennis Schroeder as his replacement. And so far, Dennis Schroeder has done a hell of a job. I mean, considering 
the Raptors didn't overpay for Fred. They bring in a guy in Dennis Schroeder, two-year, $26 million. Schroeder, all things considered, I know he's coming off a couple of bad shooting games, but he's looked really good, and he has done a lot of the things that, you know, Van Vliet did for a lot less money. Again, don't look at the last two games because Schroeder is coming off two of his worst games as a Raptor, obviously dealing with a little bit of that knee soreness that was uh, said to maybe keep him out against the Bucks. He did give it a go. But prior to those two games, I mean, Schroeder was on an incredible run. 14 points against the Celtics, four assists, 18 points against the Mavericks, five assists. He had 24 and six assists against the Spurs, 13 and 10 against the Sixers, 24 and 11 against the Bucks, 10 and eight against the Blazers, 15 and 10 against the Sixers, uh, 10 and 10 against the Bulls. And he had 22 and seven against the Wizards. For the season, Schroeder's averaging 14.8 points, 2.7 rebounds, 7.5 assists on 41.8% shooting from the field. And impressively, and I say the word impressively because we all thought this was going to be a lot lower, Schroeder, 35.3%. Listen, you'll take that. 35.3% from deep on nearly five three-point attempts per game. So you look at Schroeder, I mean, he's done a great job of, you know, getting to the paint, his ability to attack, his speed has been a breath of fresh air. And, you know, he does have a four-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. So you can tell Dennis Schroeder has been comfortable making decisions, setting his teammates up. Like I said, his quickness has been something that has been very, very refreshing to see. His ability to get downhill and make things happen, whether he goes up himself or gets his teammates involved. So Dennis Schroeder, all things considered, you know, he has done a good job in trying to fill that void of Fred Van Vliet for, like I said, a lot less money. And you can tell that he's been comfortable playing with the Raptors. He enjoys being coached by Darko Ryakovich, who was his assistant head coach back in OKC. And Schroeder is starting to develop some good chemistry with his teammates. So hopefully these last two games, just a little bit of a hiccup, probably more to do with his knee soreness than anything else. I mean, at least that's what I hope is the case. But, you know, collectively, Dennis Schroeder has shot the ball effectively from the field and from deep. And I like that he continues to get those assist numbers high, which means that he's doing his job, setting the table, deferring to guys when he needs to. And he's also capable of putting up points when he's on. You know, he's had a couple of nice outings this season, three performances so far this season where he scored 20 plus points. So Dennis Schroeder, you know, doing a good job in place of Van Vliet, given the circumstances. So that's my first takeaway from the season, because obviously that was a big talking point. Raptors letting Fred walk, not getting anything in return, but they are able to salvage you know, a lot of his value at that position by bringing in a guy in Dennis Schroeder. Okay, my next takeaway, not going to be so positive, guys. <laughs> this Raptors offense isn't good. I should have actually wrote this Raptors offense is a mess, but you get the memo. I mean, this offense has been a chore to watch, and uh, it, it's been especially bad the last two games when it comes to the half-court offense in particular. And I mean, this Raptors half-court offense is on pace of being one of the worst that we've seen in a while. This is per S on X. This was from a couple of days ago. He tweeted this out saying that the Raptors' 84.8 offensive rating in the half-court would be the worst half-court efficiency mark since the 2015-16 Sixers and Suns. The Suns won 23 games that season. The Sixers won 10. 
This is per allow on X uh, talking about the Raptors three point shooting, which has also been abysmal. The Raptors three point percent shooting rank over the last five years since winning the championship. They were fifth in 2019, 2020, 15th in 2020, 2021, 20th in 2021, 2022, 28th last season, 28th to begin this season. So it's effectively gotten worse as we've gone along here. And uh, of course, you need three point shooting to be able to win games and the Raptors offensive rating is 27th overall. So this offense has not been good. You know, the Raptors in the fast break, they have had their moments where they do look sharp, but the two biggest areas of concern, their three-point shooting, which continues to be bad. I mean, Malik Beasley had almost as many threes as the Raptors had combined in the game against the Bucks for crying out loud. That is unacceptable. I mean, one player having as many threes as an entire team, that's... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed not going to win you ball games and we've seen it whenever the raptors struggle from deep their offense as a result suffers and is stagnant they got to be able to hit threes to really open up the floor and then you know when the raptors aren't out in fast break opportunities and they got to rely on their half court sets it's been pretty painful to watch i mean just the sloppiness of it the clumsiness not being able to have set plays the raptors haven't been able to generate much of anything of substance when it comes to their half court offense. I mean, it has been bad and you know, you're not going to win games in the NBA. If you're unable to muster up proper half court sets, get your offense organized when the game slows down and you're unable to hit your three point shot. So those have been very, very bad things to see from this Raptors team. And that is why some nights when the three ball isn't falling, their half-court offense looks like a mess. We've seen the product. It, it has resulted in some pretty unbearable offensive play from this Raptors team. And it's going to be hard to win games when your offense isn't scoring, you're in droughts, you take on good teams like we saw against the Bucks. They go on a run. All of a sudden, that's put pressure on your team. Your defense is not you know, you're not doing your defense any favors by not scoring. And all of a sudden you find yourself in these holes, in these messes. And yesterday marked the sixth straight game in which the Raptors were trailing after the first quarter. So the Raptors can't continuously rely on getting out of holes and trying to come back because that is going to 
you know, you're only able to pull that off, those epic comebacks against teams that are worse than you. You know, teams like the Spurs and Wizards. The Raptors can't afford slow starts. They can't afford digging themselves in holes. And they just got to, you know, try to jumpstart this offense in some way. Obviously, it's a work in progress with Darko Ryakovich's offense, the .5 offense. But there's got to be some changes made. And guys have to hit threes. And I mean, this has just been one of the things that we've been talking about when it comes to the construction of this roster. You can tell there's a lack of shooters on this team. And that was one of the biggest areas of concern coming into the season that, you know, you have a starting lineup that all of a sudden you remove Ojin and Obi because he's injured. Where's the shooting going to come from? Yaka Pirtle can't hit threes or the mid-range. Siakam has been abysmal from three-point land. I mean, he has literally, I think, missed his last 20-plus three-point attempts. I'm unsure of the number, but I know it's in the 20-plus range. Scotty Barnes, luckily, has been able to shoot better most nights than not. Dennis Schroeder isn't known for his shooting, three-point shooting. So, you know, you're seeing it. The Raptors' lack of shooters are, are hurting this team significantly. Grady Dick was drafted to be a shooter. He has struggled with the shot. McDaniel's been a non-factor. So, you know, Achua Boucher, wildly inconsistent. Malachi Flynn, I mean, he had a terrible game from the field against the Bucks, So the shooting isn't happening on this team. And again, it stems from the Raptors not properly constructing this roster with shooters. And I mean, it has not been pretty to watch this Raptors team go to work, especially when they take on teams like the Bucks that can easily put up points on the board. So half court offense, three point shooting offensive rating as a whole, not good for the Raptors. And it's going to, it's going to continue to be a work in progress, obviously with a new head coach and Darko, uh, Ryakovich. So yeah, that has not been good to see. It has not been pretty. Another takeaway here, another negative, unfortunately, the Raptors bench hasn't been consistent. And you know, this stems from again, roster construction, putting the right pieces in place. But this one is disappointing to me because I personally thought this Raptors bench was going to be a staple of this team. I did a piece on this Raptors bench in the offseason saying that it was solid. And so far it has been far from solid as you look at the Raptors, where they are doing a good job is distributing minutes. Obviously, Darko electing to go with the longer rotation versus the shorter rotation that Nick Nurse implemented. But we've seen many times that, you know, after you watch this bench perform the way that they have, maybe Nick Nurse wasn't all that wrong to shorten his rotation. So the Raptors are actually 11th in the NBA in minutes played by non-starters after being 30th last season. But, but they rank 27th in net rating. And the Raptors are also 25th overall in bench points with just 28.6 bench points per game. So that needs to be better. And obviously it stems from inconsistent play. You know, Gary Trent Jr. has been out, but he was supposed to be your leader of the bench, your best player from off the bench. He has had a big time inconsistent season to this point. You know, you look at Precious and Boucher, they have spurts where they look good, you know, in that fourth quarter comeback against the Wizards, played some crucial minutes down the stretch, but then they have moments where they look sloppy. And uh, I think Blake Murphy said it on X and, and he perfectly summed this up. You know, the Raptors bench players are fine when you got, you know, one of them out there with some of the starters. But as soon as you have two or more bench players, it, it, it turns into a circus. I'm paraphrasing. But I mean, yeah, the Raptors bench has been a, a real issue. As soon as you have different combinations where you have some starters with two or more bench players, we've seen it is not made for a good product. And again, you know, it comes from guys being inconsistent, guys being unable to hit shots, Malachi. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Flynn, you know, he has had his moments, but he's going to have to hit that shot with consistency. Uh, Grady Dick, you know, he's done a lot of the little things right, but you just hope that shot starts to come around for him because that's why the Raptors ultimately brought him in. Uh, Precious, Boucher have been inconsistent. McDaniels has been a really big disappointment. Uh, disappointment. I mean, I did not think it was even possible for McDaniels to look this bad this early into the season. So the Raptors bench has not been as advertised. It once again looks like a mess. And, you know, hopefully when Gary Trent Jr. is back and healthy, he should be able to go against the Celtics. At least that's what the latest reports are saying. He can kind of be that jumpstart, that plug to the second unit, which I thought was going to be the case but yeah you know between Flynn Boucher McDaniels Achua Otto Porter Jr there hasn't been any real consistency with this bench production Gary Trent Jr so it's going to be tough because you want to try to keep your starters fresh for the second half of games you want to keep them fresh down the stretch but you know as soon as your bench comes in and they're not performing to the standard in which you want them to it's going to be hard for your team to win games and it puts a lot of the pressure on the starters to be really effective when they're in the game because they know that they're not going to have much help behind them and they're not going to have much backup. So Raptors bench, wildly inconsistent to say the least. Okay, so after a couple of negatives, this next takeaway is going to be a positive and it is about OG and Anobi. He is truly valuable to this team, guys. And I mean... We knew of Ojin and Obi's value this season, particularly this season on both sides, defensively included. I mean, Ojin and Obi doing an excellent job against the other team's best player. It takes quite the individual defensively to hold his own in back-to-back games against the specimen that is Victor Wabanyama and then an MVP candidate in Luka Doncic. OG, he has been playing very, very great defense. He's been able to hit his shots. He's having one of the best. He's having right now the best season of his career when it comes to his efficiency. 51% from the field, 39% from three. Overall, those are his best starts to a season. Obviously, he's going to have to keep that up to to say that this was his best shooting season as a whole, but he's been able to, you know, give you offense. The shooting numbers have been there. The defense has been there. And these last two games with without OG proves the fact that the Raptors are a much different team without OG. They are a far worse team without OG. And it proves just how valuable OG and Obi is. And OG and Obi's agent is going to want to use this graphic when he's trying to negotiate OG and Obi's new deal, whether it's with the Raptors or another team, because OG and Obi is valuable on both sides. So this was a graphic that was played during the Raptors broadcast. Ojin and Obi on and off the court. OG's missed three games so far this season. It might be a four. It's not looking good. He's going to be ready against the Celtics, which is very bad news for the Raptors. When Ojin and Obi's on the court for the Raptors, their offensive rating is 110.6. When he's off, their offensive rating is 101.6. 
that's almost a 10 point differential there. Defensive rating when he's on 102.3, it goes to 112.8 when he's off. Net rating when he's on plus 8.4 when he's off minus 11.2. These these are just jarring numbers here, guys. And I mean, it goes to show how important OG Ananobi is to this basketball team. And I'm not overreacting when I say that you can make a case that he is the most valuable Raptor, or at least definitely behind Scotty Barnes, the second most valuable Raptor to this team. Because when OG Ananobi is not out there, the offense suffers, the defense suffers, the net rating suffers. This team does not look good. So this is something that management in particular has to take a good look at because look, you're going to have to make a decision sooner or later of what you want this team to look like around Barnes. Obviously Barnes, I think it's safe to say, you know, he's the cornerstone of this team. He's looking like it at least through his first 11 games. You're going to have to assemble the team around him. And, you know, having an important piece like OG, a guy who this season has been consistent like Barnes and affects the game in so many ways, literally and figuratively. I mean, this to me shows a lot more value than a guy in Pascal Siakam who has been wildly inconsistent, a guy who can look like an absolute star against mid to bad teams like the Wizards, but then disappears when you need him to be his best against very good teams like the Bucks, Sixers, Celtics. So this is important to me because the Raptors are obviously going to have to make a decision. It's looking increasingly more like they're going to have to choose between OG and Siakam, especially if the season kind of continues to go on this type of roller coaster of a pace. You're not going to pay both these guys big money. OG is going to demand the bag, similar to how Siakam's going to demand the bag. So the Raptors are going to have to make a decision over the long haul of who they want in Toronto long-term and who is the better fit alongside Scotty Barnes. And to this point, the eye test, the numbers test, suggests that it's OG and Anobi and not Siakam being the better fit alongside Scotty Barnes. So this is something that's going to be very, very interesting to monitor as we go along here because, I mean, the numbers don't lie, guys. The Raptors have looked like a mess without OG, and we've seen, you know, that he does compliment Scotty Barnes pretty well when these guys are out there playing at their best. So OG Ananobi is truly valuable. These last couple of games proving it. And uh, yeah, just hope he can come back soon for this Raptors team. And then my final takeaway and to conclude this pod, Scotty Barnes looks like a star. And this has been the best takeaway. This has been the most refreshing takeaway because in a season of ups and downs, Scotty Barnes remains a positive. He continues to shine, which is what you want to see, because there's not many things that you feel good about right now if you're a Raptors fan when you look at this current product, but at least they have Scotty Barnes to get excited about and to fuel this next chapter of this Raptors franchise. Because could you imagine the current state of this franchise right now, guys, if the Raptors didn't luck out, get the number four pick, and you know didn't end up drafting Scotty Barnes? Like They would just be in complete shambles if I'm calling it as it is, keeping it real here. But, you know, even through the growing pains, the wins, the losses, Scotty Barnes keeps showing us just a little bit something different, it seems, every outing. And he has consistently put up numbers, even when his shot has not fallen. Barnes 
continues to fill up the stat sheet and his numbers back it up. I mean, to this point, Scotty Barnes, he's averaging 20.9 points per game, 9.6 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 1.7 steals per game, 1.5 blocks per game. And this is just a mind-boggling stat right here. Through the first 11 games, he's leading the Raptors in points, rebounds, steals, and blocks. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tell me how you can't look at Barnes and say, this dude's not your best player on this team right now. I mean, he is the best Raptor and he's playing like it. And he's affecting the game in so many ways on both ends. And that's what makes him just really good. Is that, you know, we've seen his ability to take over a game against San Antonio, even against the Bucks, the lone bright spot. I mean, he had no help single-handedly trying to keep the Raptors in it. And then he also does an excellent job defensively. We've seen it, you know, five-block performance, four-steal performance. So Scotty Barnes is a special talent. If he keeps up these numbers, Scotty Barnes is going to go to the All-Star game, which is just going to be unbelievable if it happens. Obviously, still a long way to go. We're only 11 games into the season. But, you know, it's a pretty good sample size. You usually say to a season, it takes 15 games to get a good read on players and teams. And Right now, I mean, Barnes just, he's, he's trending upwards. And uh, it's amazing just when you look at his game log that, you know, Scotty Barnes, the worst game of his season was against the Celtics when he put up 10-5-4, a steal and a block. But other than that, like I said, even when his shot wasn't falling, he found ways to affect the game in other ways. You know, put up only 14 against the Mavs, but had 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals. Had 19, 9 rebounds, and 5 steals against the Wizards. So really, if you want to chalk it up, he's only had one off game, one real bad game against the Celtics. 10-5-4, 1-1 on 14-15, shooting 2-9 of nine from 3. Other than that, Barnes has been on. So you'll take that. 10 out of his first 11 games have been impressive, to say the least. I mean, that is, that, that is a good indication that Barnes is on his way to having a really good season. And right now we are witnessing this Barnes leap and we are witnessing this breakout season take place right before our eyes. And I'll end the show by saying this, and it's something that I wrote on X. And, you know, to me through 11 games, what I've seen is the Raptors do look more like a team that's headed towards the inevitable Scotty Barnes rebuild than they do being a legit playoff team. I mean, it's pretty evident and it's pretty obvious right now. The Raptors could be three and eight guys. I mean, if it wasn't for those two wild comebacks against two pretty bad teams who are expected to be in the lottery, deep in the lottery, and the Spurs and the Wizards, the Raptors are 3-8. and eight, And they were effectively getting their butts kicked in those games against the Spurs and Wizards before basically the Spurs and Wizards laid over. I mean, the Wizards in particular. You can make an argument that it was more them losing that game than the Raptors winning the game because the Wizards literally... I still don't know how they lost that game. They It looked like they tanked that game in the second half. That's how bad they were playing, especially down the stretch. Even Kyle Kuzma's blunder, giving the Raptors a five-on-four power play. So, you know, you chalk that up. You take a look at how this team has looked in some of their losses. Not good against teams that are obviously in that next level. You know, they blew that game against the Bulls. 
Yeah, they beat the Timberwolves, but Jaden McDaniels wasn't in that one, who's a very big piece of that team. They dominated against the Mavs, but Derek Lively didn't sue up for the Mavericks. So their, you know, their rim protection was gone. So there's been some caveats here. Obviously, they had that nice win against Giannis and the Bucks earlier in the season, but the Bucks still trying to figure it out new into the tenure. Now it's looking like they're starting to come along. So, like I said, there are st- there there are caveats to this record right now, and I would say that the Raptors have played worse than what their record is at five and six. And there's a case to be made that they could be three and eight. Um, so there are going to be a lot of growing pains. There are clearly flaws on this team. And unless guys can turn it around, I mean, it's going to, it's feeling like it's going to be that type of season. So what I'll say is this, you know, continue to enjoy the development of Barnes, his continued progression, because I feel like we're going to get to a point where that's what the season is going to look like, where, you know, win, lose, doesn't matter. Scotty Barnes had a good game and he looks good. And I think, you know, you'll take that if you're a Raptors fan, because obviously the biggest thing that we were looking out for this season beyond if the Raptors were going to make the playoffs or not is how Scotty Barnes was going to look in his third season and so far has been passing with flying colors so that is going to conclude today's show a lot in there but let me know your thoughts guys do you agree with my takeaways what would you add if you could hit a like on the video subscribe to the channel if you aren't new that is it for me thank you so much for watching I'll be back at it with a Raptors post game following their game against the Celtics Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe on here. Thank you so much for watching. This is Lucas signing off. Until next time, stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.